0: Hey guys, welcome to Dungeon Brew. I'm your host, Tyrus Quaid, and Dungeon Brew is a podcast about uh, encounter design and um, dungeon building and role-playing tips and dungeon master tips, all for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons as well as other games, but uh, so far we're just doing D&D because uh, that's what I've been playing. So last time, I I apologize for kind of taking a week off there, but we actually played a game and uh, for once, (laughs) you you know, in the history of Dungeon Brew, which is a very short one so far, but I've never actually played a game since starting it until now. uh, We had been weekly, then bi-weekly, then monthly, and then kind of just fell off altogether. I recently moved and uh, I'm actually recording this in my shed, which I've been calling the dungeon because it's a... you know, it's kind of like my little man cave here. It's where I, uh, I'm big into the miniatures painting hobby. So this is where I can do all my stuff without, uh, getting, getting my wife, uh, uh, angry at me for having my shit everywhere. Um, so it's kind of appropriate that, you know, we build dungeons on this podcast while I am in a dungeon that I'm building. Uh, so anyway, let's review last session. Uh, we kind of talked about this in the last episode, so I thought it would be fun to kind of go through and see how it actually worked out. So, if you recall, they're kind of going through a lab where uh, constructs are being made and tested, uh, and it turns out they're being tested for a particular arena that the uh, the players know about, the characters do not, uh, except for one. It kind of ties into his background a little, so I wanted to throw that in. And I thought that uh, it would be, I don't know, kind of kind of neat, a little peek behind the scenes, uh, show how the world is integrated, you know, with other aspects of itself as far as, uh, um, my other campaigns go and things like that. Anyway, so let's just get, get right to it. Uh, you may recall that the entryway had sort of a, a foyer, I guess you could say. It was more of a room with, uh, with a golem kind of receptionist, two shield guardians and a, uh, rug of smothering um the a big part of my philosophy of including the rug of smothering was that the two uh shield guardians by themselves would not be too tough uh but the um you know adding a rug of smothering would would um kind of throw a monkey wrench in there now you have a character who's suffocating you know blinded grappled all all that happy shit and uh, this actually really really worked i'm glad it did because you know i could come back to you with an example of how, how it worked. But um the wizard on his turn kind of just made a run for it. My guys are not afraid to flee, which I'm pretty happy about because you know that's that's intelligent. Uh uh it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're at one hit point for you to just keep wailing on the monster that's killed all your friends. You you know, I mean in a game you could certainly get away with that, but if we're talking character motivation, uh you might want to leave before you die you know, between uh, running away and dying, I think that's a pretty easy choice. So he wanted to make that choice. But then the rug got the cleric, and uh, it kind of forced him to come back in. And it made kind of a neat situation where instead the party kind of surrounded the, the enemies at some point, because, you know, one guy's on one side of the room, the other tried to leave, now he's on the other side of the room. So it kind of became like, like, the monster is trapped between a cleric and a wizard who are who kind of blasting them apart at some point. So, the rug did a great, a great uh, service to me, I guess you could say, by pulling the fight back into the room. By saying, nuh-uh, you're not getting, you can get away, but not so easily from this, and now your cleric is suffocating without you. So, that's how the entryway went. Um, they uh, Coincidentally, they never encountered my wandering clay golem. I have to admit, uh, we actually were a man down, so I was a little reluctant to run it uh, in the first place, so I had them make them ra- their random rolls, and then I could, kind of decided I would seclude it to one one wing of the dungeon, and they actually wound up never running into it. Uh, the way this dungeon resolved, there are some rooms and some things that that were left out, so even though the boss monster is gone and all that... Uh, There's still some exploring to be done. Um, There's two zombie beholders floating around aimlessly. And there's still a spectator who is basically going to... I'm hoping becomes a strangely friendly NPC. Uh, I would really like this to become a base of operations for the guys. Uh, At the end, they found an airship. Or or frankly, it's a spell jammer. Uh, You know, I don't know. uh, You know, it's an airship. It flies. Uh, So I'd like this to um, become their base of operations where they can get around the world in that airship, they're almost level nine. I think it's really appropriate for them to kind of have this power and be able to reach any, at least any part on this continent uh in a quick amount of time. It opens up a lot of, you know, another part of the continent where they've never been. Now they can get there easily. Uh, I think it'll really kind of open the world up for them. Uh If you played Final Fantasy VII, which a lot of my peers have, um I want it to feel like when you leave Midgar... And you, you basically played like a video game's worth of content, and then it's like, oh, guess what, dude? Like, that was just the beginning. Look at all this we have now. So, um, uh, that's a long winded explanation why I hope they keep the spectator. Uh, well, why don't we get to that? They did kind of pass through, they went up into the study in the library, they found the secret door, and they found a uh, I did run the treasure golem as the treasure golem. Uh, I, I kind of toned down some stats from one of Kobold Press's books, and uh, it was a great time. It was really, really fun. Uh, cool monster with some fun attacks. It can kind of turn into a whirlwind of treasure, and then as it kind of blows past you, it, it'll suck up your most valuable item. So it's like disarming people and shit like that. I didn't actually get to land that, but it was pretty cool. Um, when they went to the library, they encountered the spectator, and I thought for all the world they were going to try and kill it. Instead, they were very friendly, and it was in turn friendly. And it's revealing this is uh, less a library and more of a collection, I guess you could say. It's a curated collection of particularly spooky books, kind of like Lovecraft books like like the Necronomicon, Unaspect and Colton, you know, stuff like that. Uh, uh, stuff that'll drive you crazy if you read it. So the spectator, in a weird twist of, uh, of role, I guess you could say he, uh, instead of guarding the books, he's kind of guarding people from the books. He's saying, no, you don't want to read these. Like these are super bad. And then the wizard's like, I kind of want to read them. And the spectator's like, dude, I'm not going to stop you. I can't stop you. Like you guys would crush me, but I'm telling you, don't do it. I literally said, it's your funeral. So, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and the spectator survived. Uh, they, they went further in and found, um, uh, what I did here was I was kind of floundering, flip-flopping on what uh, what final boss I wanted them to, to face at the end here. And I was thinking it could be the guy who, who's building all this stuff and maybe he's rigged up in like some kind of cool golem harness. Since we were um, down a man, I decided not to do that and instead went with my original idea of a uh, clockwork dragon that uh, they'd fight in kind of like the final, almost like a hangar where the dragon and the airship would be. So, uh, that was super fun, but I bring that up to say, here's where they discovered that the man has actually been killed. Uh, I decided instead that my big bad evil guy is here. Uh, he beat them there, and he's trying to do what he can to, uh, uh, he's actually trying to create more Warforged. He himself is a Warforged, and, um, uh, it's kind of, it's a long story, and unfortunately, it's very relevant to my game, but sort of not quite yet. Uh, the point is, he wanted more Warforged. This guy could not make them, because, you know, they have a certain spark of life, or whatever. And, uh, so, you know, eventually, they, uh, they killed him. And they, they wanted to take over his stuff. But, it turns out, the party showed up. They're taking the stuff instead. So... They go through all that. They fought a uh, a mimic. They completely smashed it. Uh, it was very funny because I my since we were down the rogue, the cleric just started poking chests with a uh, with his sword, and that's how they discovered this thing was a mimic. But then they just smashed it out easy. Um, they found the key that they were supposed to. Essentially, there are two keys: one on uh, one of the north wing, one in the south wing of this dungeon you find the two keys to open the hangar get in the hangar fight a clockwork dragon bang you got an airship so they find the key and they travel to the other side of the dungeon they actually um here's where for the sake of time i cut out a room entirely and uh they actually the room with the Otiog, i am sad to report they have continued to uh to just completely omit they they have no interest ever in fighting an Otiog. Uh, I put one in a lot of dungeons for the sake of ecology. It's there to eat poop and mess and garbage. And what do du- dungeons generate but poop and mess and garbage? So instead, they went to these holding pens. And this is where things kind of got weird, because, you know, so far they're thinking, this is a manufacturing plant. This is a lab. You know, why are there pens of creatures here? And in here, they fight, uh, they encounter two zombie beholders, uh, the, the cleric actually turned the beholders uh, with this holy symbol um, in a very cool move where uh, the wizard is a diviner and uh, can occasionally grant it, uh, like d20 rolls he previously rolled uh, before the session. And he could give them to different party members or, or enemies. So in this case, uh, the cleric went to turn the zombie beholders and the diviner just made them fail. So that really worked out nice. It was real nice synergy between... um, Essentially, my only two players in this were the Cleric and the Wizard, and then I was playing an NPC Barbarian uh, who kind of is the meat shield for the guys. So they actually just walked past the Beholders, um, and eventually they entered a a sort of little makeshift arena. This is where the things got tested. This is where, you know, they'd fight different constructs, different... uh, This is where the guy would... It's like a danger room from X-Men. He would pit these these creatures from the pens against monsters and, and uh, golems he created, uh, you know, to literally test them out. So here's where I decided they would fight the ball-bearing golem that I considered running as the treasure golem before. Instead, now they found a chest in the middle of the arena Uh and the chest had a single key in it, the key they're looking for, but it was filled with ball bearings. And as it spilled while they're opening the chest, you know, the, the thing forms next to them and, and beats the daylights out of them. Uh, it was a very, very good time. Uh, and so they found the second key. Um, so, I mean, we kind of just fast, we really banked it out. I know I'm skipping kind of a lot here, but uh, really it was, it was a nice, snappy, session with very little downtime. Um, Just real fun. So they got their two keys, they go to the hangar. Lo and behold, there's an airship, and they don't know that they own it yet, basically. Uh, They were hired here under the pretense of sort of reclaiming something. It was very vague. Uh, It was essentially a repo job, but the truth is that the uh, chaotic good NPC who hired them knew some bad shit was going on here and didn't want it to fall into the wrong hands. So instead, it's like, dude, I know that there's an airship here. I know that there's a big, kind of fortified area that you just helped clear out a little more. And it's in a very uh, strategic location um, on the continent. So, uh, so um, I didn't, I wanted all the guys to be there for that reveal. So I just kind of ended the session at the end of that battle. And uh, through some role playing, next time I'm going to reveal like, no, this is all yours now. Um, I really don't want all this. I hired you because the world needs you, you know, and I know why. And so instead, um, I'm thinking that the books that the spectator was guarding will have information on the big bad. But it's so horrible and nasty to read. You know, it drives you insane, it makes you go blind, turns your hair white, whatever, you know, whatever you want. Um, It's so nasty and horrible to read that they need to find someone uh, to read it for them, and tell them what it says. Tell them what the entity they're facing is. And, you, you know, it's in these books. Uh, so this is kind of where that session ends, where I'm picking up now, and what I'm brainstorming for my next session. So um, I'm really thinking I'd like to do some some cool airship battles, things I couldn't do before, flying monsters... Uh, I don't know, stuff that stuff that tries dragging them down to the ground. Maybe giants hurling boulders at them or something trying to um trying to land them. That I, I actually I really like that because uh so far I was only thinking flying monsters, but maybe they're just huge monsters on the ground coming after them. Uh there's a rock, R O C. You know, gigantic bird that carries away elephants and shit. Um there's a rock that uh is kind of well known in the area for Um, it, it like picks up carriages and, and flies them away. So it's going to be pissed that there's someone else in the sky. Uh, so that could be a cool encounter. It's, it's just kind of coming off my shoulders now. I'm, I'm really happy with this. Uh, anyway, that's kind of what's going on there. But I've also had this idea for a long time. Um, our cleric is actually a werewolf. Uh, uh, he was infected with lycanthropy kind of halfway through the, uh, campaign so far. And I always wanted him to need... There's an evil NPC who's kind of a necessity to the world. It's this hag who uh, knows all these ancient magics and uh, knows all these ancient secrets about the world. And even good aligned creatures have kind of kept her alive, but said, like, hey, you just stay over there. Don't do any creepy shit. Um, and we won't have to come fuck you up. Uh So I want the guys, and I wanted them, by using this kind of werewolf thing, I wanted them to need a reason to uh, uh, need the hag's help. I wanted them to to go to her and try and bargain with her. For for whatever reason, they need her. And uh, she's the only one who can help them. And I'm thinking now these books can can be that way. Uh, I can get them in. You, you know, she's the one who can read them. It's, it's kind of in that background I just told you. She is ancient enough and knows enough old, horrible magic that is kind of necessary to the world that um, she would be able to read these for the guys, and they would probably know that. So I want to set them up that they need her, and when they go to reach her, um, she's under attack by, by witch hunters, powerful ones. And I want to create this kind of moral ambiguity, like she's bad but we need her, um, so do we attack the good guys? Or can they help us? And what I'm really hoping is, and it's kind of dickish of me, but I'd like them to want to trust the witch hunters, and the witch hunters try and burn the books or something. So, say, oh yeah, we'll take care of it for you. Maybe misunderstanding. And, uh, I don't know, I want them to do, I want it to be in the better interest to help the bad person. Rather than, uh, help the good people just because they're good. Or, or kill this lady just because she's evil. There's something larger at stake here. And, uh, I wanna, I wanna hit the, the players with that. And I want them to be in a situation where they only have a couple seconds to decide. You know, she's getting fucked up by these things. There's dogs at her door. Uh, she does have an apprentice. Maybe that one's already dead. Like, like, that, that could show these are strong enemies and, uh. And they're not really to be trifled with. Like, you probably will have to kill them. They're overzealous. They're, I don't know. uh, They're good, but they're crazed. You you know, they won't listen to reason. This woman's a witch. Always has been, I mean, she's obvious. She's a night hag, so it's pretty obvious. but, uh, But, you know, their only solution is kill this woman. There's no way she can help you her helping you in any fashion would be a blight on your soul and you know what we're not going to let that happen to you give us your books we'll fucking burn them we're not going to read them for you so so it's it's kill the witch help the good guys and lose the books or stop the good guys at least help the witch keep the books and you know have a uh, have some information on the bad guy to, to go into. Uh, this is where I want to reveal what the bad guy actually is and uh, and all that. So, um, yeah, that's what I got for tonight. Um, so that was kind of how our session went. That's where I'd like for it to go. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to go write up some uh, some random encounters for this airship deal. And uh, maybe we can sneak in, you know, a little. I, I'd like them to kind of go around the, uh, the dungeon again and, and tie up loose ends. Um, of which there still are a few there are zombie beholders floating around there are rooms that are unexplored and monsters still around so uh, uh, yeah, that's basically it that's where we went and where we're going so I really appreciate your time Uh, it's been about 20 minutes um, one of the longer episodes of Dungeon Brew I rambled like crazy Uh, I paced around a lot so you could probably hear me breathing all heavy and, and weird, it's cold in here in my shed Uh, But it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad I got to put this out for you. So uh, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, You know, tell your friends if you want to hear about funny D&D stories or something. Maybe we could come up with a cool encounter or two. Uh, Anyways, I've been your host, and uh, I've been your host, Tyrus Quaid. That is, and uh, I wish you well. Thank you.